We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear. You're listening to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm here with Mark Slippers Leibold from the Disciples Motorcycle Club. Disciple Christian Motorcycle, Christian Motorcycle Club, Club. Yep, that's right. in Walkerton. And are you from Walkerton, Mark? I'm not. You're not. Where are you from? I'm from a little town called Winterburn, just Winterburn. outside of Waterloo. Okay, interesting. So you, yeah. you guys are from all over the place and come here to meet on a regular basis. We certainly are, yeah. And, and uh, how long have you been involved with the Disciples? Almost five years. Five years. Yeah. So um, what brought you into that? Well, that's a really good question, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess initially what attracted it attracted me to it was uh, a friend of mine that had been poking around and had, yes. had you know, moved up a little bit in the ranks. And um, he posted some stuff on different social media and kind of intrigued me. I didn't think a whole lot about it, mm-hmm. but it was something that was intriguing to me. Um, but once I started to, to look at the... Um, the the program and why people joined and who was involved and what the mission of the club is. Um, I, I realized I wanted to become part of it for a very simple reason. Um, I had a family member who I really loved who lived a 1% lifestyle. Mm. And um, I don't know if your listeners will know what a 1% Well, maybe lifestyle. you should explain that. Um. So a one percenter is a motorcycle club um, that would be, you know, the big names. You know, like a criminal motorcycle club. That's what they typically separate the two that's, as, even though that's not a... That's how the the people would portray Right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Hollywood so, and... Correct. Yeah. And the government sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah. and there's all kinds of people in all kinds of clubs. Mm-hmm. But the one percenters are people that it's basically their life uh, choice. Yes. It's, it's a complete lifestyle for them. They are committed to the club, and it comes first. Yes. So it comes ahead of family. It comes ahead of job. It comes yep. ahead of everything. Yes. Okay? That's a 1%. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had an uncle who lived a 1% lifestyle. Yes. And he passed away, 
Actually, he was only three years older than I am now mm -hmm. when he passed away. I'm 44, so you can do the math yep. on that. Yes, <laughs> I get you. And uh, when, I, when I heard the mission statement of the club and, and what was trying to be accomplished, I thought to myself, if I could just save one guy yep. like my uncle. No, when you say the mission of the club, you mean the, the Disciples Club. The Disciples right. Club. Yes. Yes. So the mission statement of the club is to, to disciple men to have a daily word and prayer time and support the 1% world in prayer. Right. Now, we have to make sure that folks understand mm -hmm. what we're saying by that. We support the 1% world in prayer. Yes. Okay. Our first goal is to make sure that the men in the club are reading the word, and yes. they're praying, and they're accountable. Mm -hmm. and, and then we reach out and we build relationships and, and we try to, try to do God's work. Yes. Um, in, in the 1% world specifically. Yes. That's, that's what we're trying to do. Outside of the Disciples Club with other clubs and other members that are in the 1%. Correct. You support them as Christ would support anybody. As Correct. That was our, that, I believe that to be our mandate is to love and support people um, into the kingdom or where they are and, yeah. and expose Jesus to them because yeah. Jesus is love. Absolutely. And there's... There's a bunch of people out there that whether they go to churches, whether they're involved in different things, and they get caught up in the idea of somehow they've earned where they are. Yep. And and they stop uh, remembering where they were and really start becoming sometimes haters, yep. using scriptures to beat people to death, yep. instead of loving them and showing them the love of Christ. That's right. Yep. Just building simple relationships. Yeah. And I would say, Dave, I think that goes both ways. Yes. Some people, they think they've earned their way into hell. Yes. And that they can't be redeemed. Good point. Right? Yeah. And so you have folks that will sit in the in the pew on Sunday and they think they've earned their way to heaven, mm -hmm. which they haven't. And you have uh, folks who will sit, well, we're talking about motorcycle mm -hmm. clubs, so let's say guys sitting in clubhouses and they yep. think they've earned their way to hell and there is no redemption. Yes. Both of them are absolutely wrong. Exactly. We didn't earn anything. Right. And everybody can be redeemed. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was kind of my road into the club mm -hmm. was just, you know, seeing a life lived in a way that was very passionate, very over the top. Yeah. But ended early because of those decisions. Yes. And, and that was somebody that you cared about. Absolutely. In your own family. Right? Yeah. And at the time that I that I came to the club, you know, I was very much on the, I, I call it being on the bleachers. Yep. You know, I was watching the game, mm -hmm. um, the game of life, and watching people, you know, figured, well, it's the pastor's job to be the pastor, yep. and it's the deacon's job to be the deacon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I did have my own position. I played drums, so I yep. was the drummer at yes. the church. And, the worship know. team. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I had my place. So you have a, a church background. Yes, I do. And, um, yeah. Was that through your entire life, childhood? I was basically uh, born on the back pew of the church. Wonderful. See, that I've heard some people say, you know, talking about testimonies, right? Mm -hmm. And I've heard, you know, going to churches, and, and I had a bunch of guys with me that are giving their testimonies, and they would say, you know, that, uh, I wish I had a testimony like that. And I said, you've got the best testimony yeah. that there is. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. You, you had the truth from the start. Absolutely. And my parents... Um, you know, they they raised me that way. My grandparents, mm -hmm. they they believed in God as well. Um, but you know, 
it's interesting how people that have been in the church all their life, they think they need a better testimony. Yes. You know? And um, it's not an easy road yep. to, to walk in faith all your life. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that even in that, in that um, you know, trying to follow the straight and narrow, you end up in the ditches. Yes. You know, and absolutely. Some, sometimes you get to enjoy some really interesting experiences because mm -hmm. you walk away from your faith. You you know what you believe, mm -hmm. but you end up way out in left field or in the left ditch. Sure. And and it's a very um, it's a very interesting walk yeah. when you know the truth, but you're living completely counter to what you actually. Yes. Believe. And so you know. Can I tell all kinds of stories that make people's hair curl? Well, not really. Yeah. You know, my stories have a lot more to do with speed and a lot more to do with, you know, pain and hurt from mm -hmm. bad decisions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and sometimes I'm sure some things that were outside of your control even. Sure. In life, we know we, a lot of times we like to point the finger and, and, and figure out where this came from. Sometimes it's us, but sometimes there are things, you know, and those people that say, you know how how could this happen to such a, a uh, an innocent person and this sort of thing? But I mean, things happen, and yeah. uh, you know, as a Christian, things still happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the difference is you have a you do have within your means a way of coping in a healthy way. Yeah. With tragedy, with loss. Yeah. And although being human, you still need assistance at times, and you need help, and you need the, the body of Christ and, and the brotherhood and fellowship yeah. to come around you and support you. And that's what you guys are doing here as well, right? Well, and that's the, you know, there's an important thing, you know, there's all kinds of collateral in the world, right? Mm -hmm. so, so there's money, right? That's, yes. That's collateral. It's, it's yep. equity, right? So if you have an expense that comes up, you can, you can use your money to pay that expense. But there's also relationship collateral. Yes. You know, where you build relationships and you've, you've built into other people enough that mm -hmm. when something... And sometimes you're not there. Right. You know, and something strikes and, and you're like, uh-oh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I can cash this check right now. Yeah. You know, and, yep. and you phone a brother and they're like, I'm there for you, man. Yep. You know, and they, they come flying and, and give you a hand. And so, yep. you know, we've had all kinds of situations where... We've jumped up from the dinner table and gone to help a brother because yep. you know they've gone down um, on their motorcycle. Mm -hmm. They're stuck somewhere. Yes. You know, for instance, my wife. She was headed to uh, to the U.S. with a friend. They were going for uh, just for a bit of a, a weekend away. Yep. And uh, the vehicle overheated about 20 minutes from the border. So no. I'm I'm two and a half hours from there, mm -hmm. but I've got a brother who's an hour from there. Yep. And he's like, I got this. And yep. I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, I, I got this. And so he jumped on his uh, machine and he was gone. Yep. And he did not leave her side mm -hmm. until she was back with me. Amazing. So, you yep. know, these are things that aren't common. That's right. And uh, that's that's what we're building. And that's I, awesome. I think anybody with a friend group will know what it's like to have a brother or a sister yep. that jumps in in times of need. But this is just one of those things where we've got a group of guys that we can reach out to in, I think we're in 11 countries now. Yes. Um, and uh, and those guys will help in whatever way they can. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's the way that, again, reflecting back, it's the way that the body of Christ should be. 
It know? absolutely is. And, and we <laughs> we both know it doesn't always work that way in society. And there's a lot. Of, I mean, that there's a lot of things pushed on people to be independent. Yeah. Uh, to be an island, to be a lone wolf, to be a strong. Yeah. You know, and whether we're talking about the biking community or whether we're talking about just regular Joe and their families, you know, um, it's it's almost like there's some sort of shame or disappointment in having to need to ask for help. Yeah. You know, and it's completely the opposite the way it should be. Yeah. Um, it is a healthy thing to do that. And we, uh, we really need to be interdependent. Yeah. You know, yes, we need to be our own, you know, we, we need to manage our bills and do, yep. you know, work with our families and, and do whatever we do. Mm-hmm. But we need to have this interdependency when, when you know, we step in a hole or when we're getting yes. off track and can't see it. Yep. That we have people that can hold us accountable. And I uh, mean, Have you done that? Have you had either people come and... Kind of sort of call you out or pull you up on something, or done, had sure. done that with a, with somebody else as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to yeah. reprove them or to bring them back on track and say, "What's going on here with you?" You know, yeah. Because well, I care. The the biggest thing that we do is we follow the Matthew principle, where it's this is how you resolve conflict. Right. You know, you go to your brother. And yes. I think I think in the world, you know, we'll talk to everybody but the person that we have a problem. Yes. With. And so in this in this club. If you express kind of a concern about another brother, mm-hmm. well, now you're on a clock. Right. You've got 24 hours to speak to that person about it. Yes. And if you don't, mm-hmm. then the third party will. Yes. Right? And this, this is something that if, if the church would take that principle mm-hmm. back yep. and say, okay, this is how... We're not going to talk about the pastor. We're going to talk to the pastor. Right. You know? Yes. And if you can't solve your conflict, well... You've got to bring somebody with you yeah. and have a conversation. Now, I don't know how that and it, all works. And it's not to bully them. It's to well, say, here's another person who sees the same thing, and we both care and love you. Yeah. And and so it's not just me. Somebody else sees this, too, and we're concerned for you. We want to talk to you about it. And, you know, it's you don't always get the result that you want. Right. It's not that you're going to always fix it. No. But now you've expressed it. Mm-hmm. And and now the person's aware, and yes. you can work at it together to build that relationship and build it strong. Instead of, yeah. you know, sometimes you have to say, okay, I don't like the color purple, and you do. Yeah. But we'll get over it. Or I wish we would stop hanging, singing him one seventy three. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But guess what? You'll get over it. Right on. Um, but those are are things in the club that we hold really tight to. Yeah. In order to be able to, and you know. I, w- I would try to go into detail on some of that, but a lot of it's pretty personal stuff. Yes, no, I understand. But, you know, there was a situation, um, I don't think the individual will mind me okay. mentioning this one. It's easier for me to talk about somebody else's problems. Right, you sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but uh, this particular individual um, loved certain styles of music mm-hmm. and would listen to them quite a lot. Yep. But then he would start to have anxiety, mm. and he would start to feel really uncomfortable in certain situations. Yep. And I wanted to say something, mm-hmm. but I kept hearing the little voice in my head saying, "Shut up." Yep. I don't know if you know if you've ever had that happen. Yes. But it was like, "Be quiet," mm. and I'm like, "Okay." So I let you know. I just was quiet, and every time I wanted to say something, I would be quiet. Okay. But then it happened at an event. A gentleman was feeling a lot of anxiety, and it was like now. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Have you ever considered that perhaps the music that you're putting in your spirit 
doesn't line up with your spirit. Right. And then it causes anxiety. Because I've noticed that when you go to a concert or mm -hmm. when you spend time listening to that music, yep. then you have these types of situations mm -hmm. that arise. Certainly. He was like, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, it's something to think about. Yeah. Right? And so that's all that had to be said. Yes. And a couple of weeks later, we had a discussion about it again. And he said, you know, every time I've been feeling anxious, I flipped on the worship music. And I've noticed that it's really improving. Wow. And so then he said, so does this mean I have to get rid of that other music? And I said, you know what? Sometimes in your diet, there mm -hmm. are things we eat that we shouldn't. Right. But we eat it occasionally. Mm -hmm. But if you were to make chocolate brownies your diet, yep. you're going to be sick. Exactly. Good. Point. But if you're eating 90% proper yes. and 10% brownies... Yep. You'd probably be okay. You might be all right. Yeah. Right? And exactly. so that that was the way that we left it. That's interesting. But these are the types of conversations that when you know somebody well enough and when you're trying to listen to what the voice of God is telling mm -hmm. you, you can have those conversations in the right time. But if I didn't build a relationship with him, yes. or if I pounded on him about this genre that he was listening to, mm -hmm. I don't think anything would have ever changed. Yes. Because that's not the way to approach it. Nobody wants to be approached that way. Exactly. So, and you know what? I mean, maybe because for him, maybe the genre itself isn't necessarily an evil, terrible thing, but for him, it causes anxiety, which you know, right. so for him, it might not be good. For yeah. other people, it might be okay. I've noticed that with the, it, it isn't just music, there's a lot of, a lot of different things out there as Absolutely. a believer that, you know, um, can cause fear, can yeah. cause anxiety can cause anger, can open doors uh, to old wounds. And sometimes mm -hmm. that, there's a place and a time for that, but mm. for healing, right? Yeah. But the last thing you want to do is open a wound that stays open and yeah. doesn't get attended to. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have a, a large listening base. Um, some are believers, some are not believers. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a, a short message that you would like to give to both sets of people? Maybe someone who's not a believer who says, I, I can't swallow this crap. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, the other people who maybe do believe but have gotten to a point in their life where it kind of feels a little bit rusty or a little bit, yeah. you know, not there. We think here. Well, I'll tell you what's been stirring in my heart for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, faith, hope, love. The right. greatest of these is love, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times in our life we think, oh, this person should fix that or that person should fix that or, you know, they have to try harder or they have to work harder or they, you know, the reality is if we ask God to reveal himself to us, yes, he's going to. Mm -hmm. So I wish I could remember chapter and verse. I'm terrible at That's it. That's all right. Um, but it says when everything else is washed away, Mm -hmm. Three things will remain. Faith, hope, love. And mm -hmm. the greatest of these is love. And mm -hmm. so for the longest time, you know, I would see a guy sitting there with his sign asking for change. And I'd be like, why doesn't that guy go get a job? If he can stand there with a sign, mm -hmm. he could go find a job. Sure. And then God said to me, so do you love that guy? I'm like, oh. Does that mean I give change to every guy I see on the road? No. But if I'm able, I do. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. With an encouraging word. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so there's a lot of messages about there, you know, just be kind, just be this, just be that. But 
I think we have to look at the definition of love as well mm -hmm. to figure out what is God talking about. Yes. You know, but if we would just treat each other with a little more care. Now, when it comes to when it comes to somebody who says, you know, I'm not sure I can believe in this Jesus stuff. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you just to ask Jesus to make himself real to you. Okay. There are a lot of people out there that have a problem with God. Yes. But when you say, do you have a problem with Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't know. So why don't you check into it? Yeah. Why don't you pray to this Jesus mm -hmm. and just ask him to reveal himself to you? Yeah. You know, look up some scripture verses, read mm -hmm. them, think about what they're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, think about if it matters or if it doesn't matter. I think you'll find that the more, because the Bible says the word of God will not return void. Great. You know, and if so, if you go and you read some of that, it's going to make you wiser to begin with. Yes. And yes, if if you don't take time to think about it and digest what you're reading, it's just words on a page. Mm -hmm. But if you take a verse and just ponder on it, yeah. and some people would say, "Well, why would I do that?" Yeah. Well, the question is, are you searching for something or aren't you? Yes. Um, I had a conversation with a gentleman, and I won't say too much about where we were or what we were doing. But his question to me was, why do you believe in God? And I said to him, why do you believe in God? And he just stared at me and he goes, I asked you a question. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm asking you the same question. Me. And he says, what makes you think I believe in God? And I said, well, when something in your life goes wrong, you either are angry with him or you pray to him. Mm -hmm. So you're either mad at God or you pray to God. So if you're angry at something or praying to something that you don't believe in, then there's something wrong. Then you're mad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know. And and he just kind of nodded his head and said, I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. And I think the reality is, I think everybody prays. Yes. Whether they want to admit it or not. Mm -hmm. it's, it's built into us. Yes. That when something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. We say, oh, God, help me. My uh, several people I know that are seniors, people I know that from my childhood that were uh, seen wartime, used yeah. to tell me all the time, there's no atheists in the foxholes. Yeah. There is not one. And it doesn't matter what your background is when those bombs are hitting. Everybody's praying to God. Yeah. You know? And I think if we're just honest with ourselves about yeah. it, you know, if you go and sit in the woods or go fishing early in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, be still and know that I am God. Awesome, man. I think that's a great spot to cut this off. And uh, I really appreciate talking with you today. Absolutely. Um, again, you'll be able to listen to this anytime you want. If you go on the website, Refuge Ministries Canada, you can go to the bottom where it shows you. You can listen to any of the previously retaped shows as well. Okay. So you'll be able to hear your own voice <laughs> on the radio, and oh, it's it's quite an experience. I listen to my own voice sometimes and think, who the heck is that guy? <laughs> but anyways, uh, again, God bless you. Thanks and, for the opportunity. Uh, thanks very much, my bro.
hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. For more information about Youth Prison Ministry or to become a monthly supporter, visit www.refugeministriescanada.com. If you have been released or need addiction help, call us toll-free at 1-833-586-0523.